Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Christian and non-Christian paranormal investigators. They have two different views, and it seems as if neither of them can ever agree on anything. So what happens when a mainstream view of the paranormal crosses paths with the Christian view? <laughs> Something Welcome to a brand new episode of Paratruth Radio. My name is Justin. I'm Eric. And I'm Heidi. And today, as you heard, we have a special co-host on with us, Heidi Linden. Uh, you know her from formerly Talk Supernatural, and uh, she is starting her own new podcast up. Uh, I believe that's under your pseudonym, correct, Heidi? Not anymore. I'm I'm going all out, bare naked, oh. truth box. <laughs> bare naked. Well, good thing there's no video for that podcast. <laughs> it's not literal. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, tonight we wanted to get on talk about something we've kind of touched based on on Paratruth Radio. But uh, Heidi had found an article about a cursed object um, and. It was really intriguing because, you know, we, we've heard about cursed things before. And uh, Eric and I have talked about uh, Little Bastard, which is James Dean's car that is supposedly cursed or haunted. Um, but, uh, Heidi, I wanted you to actually tell us about the article since you had found it. And then we'll kind of get into some of some other things about curses as well. Um, but Eric, you wanted to give the definition of a curse. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone pretty much knows what a curse is, but I figure what the heck, right? So a curse is any expressed wish that some form of adversity or misfortune will befall or attach to one or more persons, a place or an object. Oh, you sound so smart right now. Thank you. I've been working on it. <laughs> it doesn't happen often, Heidi, just FYI. Well, the article was, oh. it was in uh, Headline News. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, so the article was about a, a woman who returned some stolen artifacts. Um, she had been to Pompeii to visit the, the site, and uh, she said that her whole life was caused by bad luck because of these artifacts and 15 years later she sent a letter and um and the artifacts to a, a pompeii uh, travel agency with, that she went through and she said that she was returning them because she wanted to be free of this curse so they in turn shared it with the local police and what i found was interesting not just that aspect but that i guess that's a common thing in Pompeii that a lot of people steal these artifacts just to have a, you know, something of, of memory, something of history and, and people return them saying they're cursed. Right. That was the thing that I found fascinating about it too, was it, it's not just this one woman, this one Canadian woman that did this. It's 
uh, something that the Italian government has gotten used to. And it's, it's, it's hilarious because it's like after so many, you would think that the Italian government would put up a sign saying, please don't steal artifacts may cause curse. Ooh, sort of like that doll at the Warren Museum. Remember that Raggedy Ann doll that was supposed to be, like, if you messed with her, she cursed you, so they kept her in a glass case. And they had a little disclaimer on the case. Annabelle, yep. Yeah, yeah, Annabelle, so, that's it. Yep, and they've done, I think, three or four movies now with, with Annabelle in it. And it just makes the doll even more creepier because they don't use the Raggedy Ann doll they use this really old, creepy-looking doll that they made up for the movie, which makes it even worse. But the like the the Raggedy Ann doll wouldn't be that creepy, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I think it depends how they write her into the story. I bet it becomes creepy. I mean, Raggedy Ann just like the cartoon is creepy, <laughs> so lanky and long, and it's horrifying to me as a kid. Um, <laughs> I actually bought my sister a replica. She collects the, um, uh, where are they, the, the dead dolls? Mm. I think is what oh, they're called. Yeah. I actually just bought my sister for her birthday this past May a uh, Annabelle replica from the movie uh, of a dead doll, or which is a dead doll. It's pretty cool. They didn't like it. Her, her husband didn't like it. He, he, he He's no, very superstitious. <laughs> he saw He stepped away and said, I'm not touching it. Like it's, it's just replica, I think. <laughs> I think. Gosh. Well, I you think. never know. We'll find I don't out. know how it works exactly. <laughs> so yeah, the that's kind of what sparked the idea for the the episode, and it it's just really fascinating that it's not something new. It, it's something that's been happening over time as they've been doing these tours and and whatnot. But, um, you know, I looked up other cursed objects and I saw an article that is called uh, 10, <clears throat> excuse me, 10 alleged cursed objects on mental floss. Um, so I wanted to go through these. And the fascinating thing about a lot of these is there are several that are also from Italy, which is kind of weird to me. But uh, the first one is the Hope Diamond. Uh, it's if you don't know what the Hope Diamond is, it was a uh, believed to have come to the surface 1.1 billion years ago. Uh, this gem is estimated to be worth 200 and 200, 200 to 250 million dollars. Uh, it's currently at the Smithsonian Museum. Uh, if you haven't seen it, I definitely recommend seeing it because it is a very gorgeous diamond. But don't try to steal it. There's a curse on it. Uh, number two, the the Busby Stoop Chair. Now, this is a, a chair that is in England. Uh, Thomas Busby sealed his fate when he murdered his father-in-law, Daniel Audie, in 1702. For his crimes, he was executed by hanging at a crossroads near a humble inn. But the story goes that this was not the end of Busby's killing. A chair that looked on to the site of his execution is believed to carry a curse. Whomever sits upon the chair dies by a frightful accident. Uh, it 
was brought into the Thirsk Museum in 1978 and resides there since. Uh, the Crying Boy Painting. Uh, another curse out of England comes from this popular 1950s reproduction of Bruno Amadio's The Crying Boy. The superstition goes that the pictures of this mourning child causes fires. Its source was an article in the tabloid The Sun from September 4th, 1985. A couple's house burned down, but the fire didn't burn the crying boy. A local firefighter then noted that there were other fires that left only an undamaged crying boy painting. Uh, number four, the hands resist him painting. Another tale of a cursed art surrounds this paintings of a young boy and a female doll standing before a window. Uh, painted by California artist Bill Stoneham in 1972, the hands resist him belonged to actor John Marley before ending up on eBay in 2000 with claims it was cursed. The anonymous sellers said it was found abandoned behind an old brewery. Number five, the Terracotta Army. Uh, this one I, I've actually heard of because uh, it's been in popular movies and it's been uh, in pop culture as well. Uh, but in 1974, seven peasant farmers in China uh, un Earth, this 2,200-year-old terracotta army, 8,000 sculptures of Chinese military. Um, what was interesting is that the reason they claimed it was cursed is because the farmers befell uh, hard times. The Chinese government claimed their lands and destroyed their homes. Uh, then the farmers could not pay for insurance, so they befell bad health. Um, next one is number six, Tut's Tomb. If you don't know the curse about Tut's Tomb, I highly recommend you do some research on it. Uh, but uh, in 1922, Howard Carter uh, went on an expedition to find Tut's Tomb, unearthed it, and supposedly uh, had befell curses after that. Uh, number seven, I Iceman. Another mummy believed to carry a terrible curse is Atsi, also known as the Iceman. Discovered in September of 1991 in the Atsal Alps in Italy, which hence his name, Atsi. Uh, number eight, James Dean Little Bastard. We've covered that one in a past episode of it being haunted and possibly cursed. Uh, but also we did cover that George Barris, who had bought the, the car might have possibly even made up those curses himself. Uh, another one, the phone number, plus 359-888-888-888. Uh, this is, one comes from Bulgaria that uh, several people have supposedly died by dialing this number, including a, a CEO of a mo Bulgarian mobile phone company. Um, Last one, the Bassano vase. Legend has it that the silver vase made in the 15th century was given to a bride on the eve of her wedding near Nap uh, Napoli, Italy. Uh, sadly, she'd never make it to the altar. She was murdered that very night with the vase in her hands. From there, it was passed down her family line, but anyone who took possession of it is said to have perished soon thereafter. So the one that 
interested me the most in this was the phone number. It, I, I would have never thought that a phone number could be cursed, but apparently it's a thing. Um, what about you, Eric? Like that what movie a- with that girl coming out of the TV with the oh, videotape. Really? The, ah! Yeah, it's like that. Your descriptions are <laughs> amazing. Thanks. <laughs> so detailed and intricate. I'm trying, okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think like one of the things that is just interesting about curses is, you know, at least, I don't know if anyone really does. I, I try to think like, or I often think like, where do they come from? Like, how do they even begin? You know, because uh, there's a lot of speculation that people think, oh, a curse is just when you simply curse somebody, you kind of wish it upon somebody as in the the definition earlier uh but some of it kind of seems beyond that like they just happen out of manifestation of itself uh think of mm-hmm. pompeii for example with that story there's no as far as i know anyway that there's no writings or any type of historical event that stated uh that somebody at some point placed a curse on the island but perhaps due to the tragedy of this volcanic eruption the curse just kind of manifested itself, uh, not unlike a horrifying event, say a murder or something like that, which invites demonic entities into a house, making it really haunted. How often do we see that uh, in various stories? So I don't know if this is more of a man-made issue or if it, if curses tend to be a little more ancient than that. Uh, I, I think it kind of goes both ways, especially when you consider the Bible and one of the first curses that we know of is uh, when God cursed the serpent for tricking Adam and Eve into eating the fruit uh, of the tree of life. Uh, And he simply said, you are cursed among all the livestock. First curse, as far as we know. Uh, And then there's other curses throughout the scriptures as well. You think about David after uh, what he did um, in sense of, or in when he sent off the woman's husband, to die so that he can have her god didn't like that very much and he was actually not only himself cursed but his family afterwards a generational curse uh, for many years and many family members who had died his sons had died um you know and many loved ones close to him and, and this goes on and on and on throughout the scriptures so it's very clear that curses do seem to exist uh, at least in the biblical sense uh but i wonder how much of it is really Are they? Do they exist in a, in a, in and of themselves, or do you have to believe in a curse in order for the curse to really take hold and exist? And I think that's one of the things that we're seeing that's interesting with this Pompeii story earlier is these people who return the artifacts because they believe that they're cursed because of the artifacts, and not because of some other reason that maybe they had done or didn't do. Right. It kind of falls into the the whole uh, if something bad happens, you start believing it's a curse or bad luck, um, and then it just becomes a thing. Uh, it, you kind of manifest it yourself type of deal rather than it's something that's put onto an object or by someone else. Well, you know me. like I, I always take the, the spiritual aspect of things, but 
you can parallel that to some science too, because like, as, as Eric stated, you know, um, with the Bible. Okay. So you've got, um, uh, Matthew seventeen twenty says that faith of a mustard seed can move mountains. So that faith can be something good or it can be something bad. Right. And then you take in, in fact, that sound travels. Okay. Um, if you're going to curse somebody and you're going to speak it, so when you, when you speak a curse, um, words and, and sound can't come through empty space, but it is carried through vibrations and material and all that. And then you've got energy, you know, in light, light travels forever and until it's absorbed. And I think about faith, faith being an energy. Um, and so if you're speaking a curse and you put faith behind it, is that giving it some kind of energy? Like, you know, cause a human body compromise is, is comprised of matter and energy and stuff. And you've got kinetic energy, which is used to power our muscles. So if you speak, and sound is the movement of energy. Are you are you speaking something into an existence? You know, so spiritual science kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think Eric can get behind that. He always brings the science to the show. I do. Well, that's because, <laughs> like I've said, like so many times, is I mean, we could talk about. I could talk about faith all day long. But you really can't you can't really prove faith without the science to back it up. You know, because mm-hmm. I mean faith is something that's supposed to be of faith. You shouldn't need anything but to, uh, to it, support right. it, really. You should just be on faith. But even the scriptures say to to test the spirits. Even you can even it even says to, te- to test, not test God. There's two versions of testing God, but you could test what the scripture says. You're welcome to do that. God says, test the, test his words. You know, you, it's not simply going on faith and that's it. It wants, he wants an active faith. He wants you to know what you believe and why you believe it. Not just simply, oh, I believe it and I have faith in it. And Doesn't faith mean. without works is dead. Right. So for sure, you so know, if I can, you don't put action behind that faith, then nothing's going to happen. Right. Yeah, so I think it's definitely important to have the science, you know, to, to back all this up. I think paranormal, too, not even just talking about just faith, but if you say your house is haunted, okay, uh, is there any data to to say it's haunted? I just feel it's haunted. Well, then a paranormal team or investigation team has nothing to go on. So Heidi, um, right, and then when, when that... we would go into to homes and talk to people, same thing. Right. I wanted you to bring up uh, to go a little bit more into generational curses because you have talked about it on Talk Supernatural. You've talked about it, uh, your own family having a generational curse. So Eric had kind of brought it up, but let's bring it more into current reality. Uh, well. Um, for those that don't know, a generational curse is passed down from one generation to another uh, due to a rebellion against God in some way, according to the Bible, um, which means like your family line can be marked by something, uh, witchcraft, sexual sin, murder, that kind of thing. And uh, the Bible says that someone can be under a generational curse, and those curses are tied to choices. And uh, what is it? Is I think it's like Deuteronomy 3. 3019 says something like we can either choose life and blessing or death and cursing. So it's, again, it's almost like an action and it, it is brought down. 
And I really didn't know much about generational curses until I started researching my history. Uh, as a little girl, I was, I was seeing spirits and experiencing all kinds of things. And I never understood why until many, many years later in a conversation with my mom. And um, she had told me that my whole family was involved with witchcraft and it went as far back as she knew you know great grandparents and great 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 grandparents and so forth and you know it I had no clue and so I'm wondering you know is, is there something to that so I started researching generational curses and when I um, became a Christian and I, I started reading things in the Bible about it I applied what the Bible said and actually prayed against that generational curse on me because it's not something you want carried with you when you're seeing spirits and, and you're being, you know, you feel like you're going crazy. And I mean, it, within that same day, it stopped for me. It, it just stopped something that I, I struggled with for, you know, 30 plus years. So I know that there's validity to it and I don't know all the answers. I just know that there's substance and validity to it. Okay. So, Something that uh, I, I like to bring up because, and we've talked about it a couple of times, is uh, Eric was being threatened to be cursed when he had his show, Forgotten Truth Radio. Indeed. Those are fun times. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, did you when, ever when feel like Truth you were Radio. cursed? No. No, because but that I was also a Christian at that point, um, and this God is very clear in the Bible that any curses placed on His children will be reversed onto uh, those who curse them. So, in my mind, and my understanding is, if this witch who uh, was cursing me or threatening to curse me, uh, he could do just that, but it would be deflected back to him per the Spirit, because uh, the Spirit's not going to let it harm me. So. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, nothing happened to me. Uh, I ended up actually having a, a successful sh career on that, with that show. Uh, and I ended up reaching out to plenty of uh, Wiccans who actually really enjoyed the biblical discussions that we were having. Uh, and just were so thrilled to have somebody who is Christian not put them down for what they believe or speak against them in a negative way, uh, but just be positive and even if i did speak against them it was one of those like like i understand why you believe this here's the reason i don't why i think it's wrong and then i would ask them what they think about whatever it was i said you know that was that and i think that was probably one of the blessings that came out of it was meeting people like that who really enjoyed that type of discussion and i mean anyone who tuned into like night stalkers early on when i first became a christian justin you remember i was very harsh as a yeah. baby Christian, uh, it was, you're wrong, you're evil, you're blah, 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 blah. It took a while for me to grow up and learn uh, <laughs> how you're supposed to speak uh, as a Christian. But, um, but it, you know, th there's, there's incidents that you learn from. And that was one of those times where it was a learning experience for me. And uh, to this day, I still, you know, I, I think back of like, oh, man, it was so rude of me. And it was harsh. And I wish I could... <laughs> talk to those people again and fix it. Uh, but you know, what's done is done and you move on. Uh, but you pray for those people and that's it. You know, you, you continue on with your walk. So yeah, you know, it was never really scary. It never, I never feared the curses that people would say, you know, um, 
there's nothing ever like that. So I don't know. Well, I think uh, I think Forgotten Truth was your your growing point, and that's how Paratruth came about because you had learned to not necessarily believe in what others believed, but re- respect their beliefs. Tell them, you know, this is why I don't believe that you're right, um, and agree to disagree at the end of the day. All right. So, um, and may, do, did you believe in curses at that point? Because, I mean, like we've been talking about, uh, maybe it's more so, like, for example, uh, uh, someone walks up to you and says, I curse you, uh, you're, you're not going to fall in love ever, and, and that's the end of the curse. Um, is it that we believe in those curses or is it something that actually happens? Did you ever believe in curses yeah, at that point? I mean, I've always, I mean, I grew up superstitious. Our family is superstitious in general. <laughs> um, says, so, says the guy who's buying dead dolls for his sister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you know, it's still like, it's, it's one of those things where even having a, a a Christian faith and a faith in Christ, uh, you still sometimes hang on to those old ways, even, you know, you don't mean to, but it happens. And like, for example, we've talked about uh, amulets in the past mm-hmm. and I do wear an amulet myself. It's an obsidian amulet, which is believed to absorb negative energy and give positive thoughts. Now, somebody like me with obsessive compulsive disorder, I only have negative thoughts roughly 98% of the day and it's really bad which is why I have the compulsions I obsess over these negative things and I have to do something to try to counter those things so they don't come true so that in in and of itself is like I believe whatever I'm thinking is going to come true that's a curse that could possibly happen you know and I'm cursed with that Uh, and even though I know God is there to, to protect me he lets certain things happen I know that's that's the case uh and yet, I still have this kind of extra little piece by having the the amulet. And, you know, I, I know there's people out there who say it's wrong, especially as a Christian, you shouldn't be wearing an amulet or, you know, and it's nothing like a pentagram or something like that. It's actually a piece of obsidian stone uh, that has an engraving of a wolf, which is what we've talked about in the past, like basically my spirit animal. Um and I think it's just something to give my mind a bit of extra peace, especially when in those times where I'm not quite feeling God's presence, like when it's really, when I'm really deep in it, um, I can kind of look at it and remember, okay, well, I've been through this before, you know, I've, I've got this just as a reminder uh, that it's not all as bad as it, as it actually seems to be. Uh, and we'll get through it again. So you use it more as a symbol. Oh. Well, yeah. So do you think that that curse items could just basically be negative energy? Sure. I mean, I I think it's very possible that that's all it is. Uh, And I think we have to somehow decipher what that negative energy is. Um, When you're thinking of curse items, like when we think of Annabelle, and I only say Annabelle because she's probably the most popular curse item Mm -hmm. 
in the world right now. Um, and we have to consider like, okay, well, why is, why is there so much negative energy attached to her? Like, what really happened? I know a lot of people say that there's a demon attached to her. Uh, and is the demon or is a demon the source of the curse or is the curse, as I said earlier, just does it live on its own? Uh, is it all because of the energy we put into that? Uh, and that's another question to ask is, does the item itself have the energy or are people putting the energy into it? Like Annabelle is so powerful because so many people believe in the curse that's attached to her. But if one day everybody woke up and no longer believed it, would she still be accursed? Or would she just be a little raggedy and doll that's harmless? Like we don't really know, uh, but it's a to the point where that particular doll has to be, if you're moving it, it has to be blessed with holy water. First, you have to wear gloves so that your skin doesn't touch the doll. So the curse doesn't pass on to you. Uh, you have to say certain prayers and take certain steps uh, in a specific order to move it from one case to another. So there's obviously ritualistic things happening and that in and of itself could again, establish a stronger bond with this curse because the people are creating more negative energy around it. They're scared to be around it, you know, and it's just absorbing that. Well, hmm. like this lady in, in um, this woman who returned these artifacts to Pompeii. Now she didn't know anything. About, well, I don't know if she knew about a curse. She, it wasn't mentioned that she was aware because um, 15 years later, somehow she put two and two together. I'm not sure how, but you know, there, there was a lot of bad juju going on in Pompeii. I mean, they were, they were really well known for um, a lot of uh, uh, weird sexual things, selling their children for prostitution, um, gambling, um, not the gambling's bad. I'm just saying like, it was all um, tied into violence. And just, you know, you, they were taking a lot of normal everyday activities and somehow spinning it in a real negative way. And that maybe in combination with the traumatic way that they all perished could have caused a negative energy and carried it over. Like, um, you know, in the Bible where it talks about how Jesus, you know, would cast out demons and it, they would, you know, he would have to cast them somewhere. So he would, the one where he cast them into pigs. And so is negative energy, has, does that have to go somewhere? I don't, it can't just like linger in the air. You know, right, right. Well, where does it go? And we, we don't really know where it goes. So, um, but and if that's the case, like one could consider like the curse is actually a living, I mean, spirit or creature. You know, we we, we talk about demons and uh, and ghosts and all this and that. And it's very possible that the curse or a curse is a specific type of spiritual entity uh, that attaches itself, and we call it, we name it a curse you know it could be the cursed spirit um and so it could simply be roaming around waiting for something to attach itself to again like with this negative energy and demonic hauntings uh or, or any type of haunting in which somebody uh, is acknowledging the haunting i mean heidi you probably i'm sure you you've done it in the past where when you were younger and you were seeing spirits you're probably dwelling on that and i don't know if you spoke to any of them or had any type of uh type of relationship with any of them in some way. Uh, but that probably helps draw that energy in and keeps it around uh, longer than you want it to. Uh, and I think the thing that people have to learn, especially those who believe in curses is how to subtract themselves from the curse and separate it uh, out of their lives. And that can be very difficult to, to do for some people. Uh, I mean, Heidi, you said that you did it by simply praying and God was able to do that for you. 
And I actually wanted to ask you earlier because I know we we're talking about faith and stuff, but I'm sure there's people out there wondering, like, how do we know that it was God who came in and pulled that curse and rescued you from that? How do we know it wasn't just simply a change in your mentality by praying that evaporated that curse uh, or set you free from it? In the end, we don't really right. know, but one person says is God is, you know, it might mean something else to somebody to somebody else. And we can't really prove it, um, which is sad because I would love to be able to prove God. There's so everybody would finally know, but um, it's just not how it works. Yeah. And, and for me, and I've had actually had people ask me that question before. Well, how do you know it was God? And they would say that, you know, it just didn't stop or whatever. And, and I really don't have a, you know, like you said, I don't have proof. However, I know for years I had been trying to wish it out and do different things, burning sage and just doing all kinds of different things to just end all the negative things. And I mean, there were positive things too, but it was, I didn't want, it was either none or all negative or all positive. You know, I didn't want any negative. So, you know, I tried so many different avenues. I mean, through many, many years. And when I specifically called out the generational curse, the way the Bible had told me, that's when it stopped. So, you know, to me, that's my proof. That's my reality. Um, and so, you know, you have to, like you said, you have to test the spirits. You've got to prove God. And that's to each, every person their own to do. Right. So Heidi, let me ask you this. When you were doing those other things, did you truly believe those things were going to fix it? Or did it when you came to faith and you were you were starting to really believe in all that, uh, was that more of a belief than when you were doing the others? Well, all the things that I tried were based off what other people told me and they share would share their experiences. So it was more like a hope. Um, I didn't re really have anything other than what somebody else told me. Um, so I guess I, I hoped and I believed that it could work. I just didn't know if it would or not. And when I, when I, you know, prayed against everything that was going on with me, I, I would say it was the same thing. I mean, it was all new. I was a fairly new Christian at the time, but I really hoped and I believed that it could happen. I just didn't know if this was the answer after trying so many times, so many different avenues. And when it did, I mean, I was sold. And, you know, it's it's just something that I, you know, I, I talk to a lot of people about because you never know who's under some kind of curse, whether it be generational or, you know, maybe an object that they have or whatever. I mean, I've been to plenty of um, like uh, antique stores and I remember one time I was shopping and there was this bassinet. And I'm telling you, like, I could feel negative, negative energy off this bassinet. I'm like, I'm not, I was looking for a gift for a friend. I'm like, I'm not getting this. And the lady laughed and she heard me say it to my friend. And she was like, she goes, you don't like the bassinet? I'm like, no, no. And she just sort of laughed. And then she kept bugging me about it. And she asked me finally, what is it about it that you don't like? And I'm like, I don't know. It's just something about it. And she told me, she goes, that the, there was a baby that was killed in there the, the, um, I think it was a babysitter strangled the baby. Oh, so, geez. you know, just little things like that. When that starts chalking up, you, you start to, you know, weigh the pros and cons and, and what's what on the balance scale there. And you got to decide what you believe in. Well, I guess here's a good question then. Um, how do you weigh the difference? And this goes not just for that bassinet. Uh, we talked about James Dean's 
car, uh, not just being cursed, but there's a story about it being haunted. How do you differentiate from curse to possibly negative haunting? And that's for either of you guys to answer. Well, that's what I just started wondering in this whole conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're asking a question that I don't have an answer for. Um, I, I, th- I think the biggest difference is with an actual like negative haunting, there are other elements that come with that haunting aside from just the weird things that are happening that might be considered a curse. You're also witnessing shadows or uh, maybe there's lights flickering or certain noises in the home or around you. Uh, Maybe there's a certain feeling like a presence that's hovering over you. Now with most curses, I don't think you necessarily feel a presence hovering over you or like hovering over your shoulder. Uh, Whereas in a haunting it's there. It's very physical. Uh, even if it's not like doing anything, touching or moving anything, it's still very physical. Uh, you f- kind of feel it like, like Heidi was saying with, with the, uh, with the bassinet. I mean, there's a feeling, there's a thickness probably, you know, uh, that, that we see in haunted, uh, a negative haunting is just, just a thick atmosphere uh, that we consider negative. And when you walk in, it's like breathing, humid air that's really kind of cold which is odd um and it weighs down heavy on your chest it's almost like you're maybe under 10 feet of water you know it's that's kind of feeling at least for me that's the kind of the feeling i get when i walk into those type of elements um but i i mean again this is all just assumption because i actually haven't studied that particular question like thought about that kind of question before but i think there's there's just these added elements to an actual haunting that aren't present in a simple curse. Okay. Heidi. I too think that hauntings are more personal, whereas curses seem more eventful, if that makes sense. Okay. All right. Well, I think this is a good spot for a break folks. You've been listening to Paratruth radio right here on new lantern media. We will be right back right after this. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. (laughs) There are spirits everywhere, watching, waiting, seeking that opportune time to reveal themselves like no other. They fill our worlds with so much. Seriously? You didn't just do that. You farted on the promo? What's wrong with you? I thought you were professional. Go away. I, I got it. I got it. 
Hey everybody, it's Brian Bowden, host of Nobo Boomy, where we explore deep inside the Goblin universe. We have an amazing show that covers the paranormal, conspiracies, music, art, entertainment, trending topics, and so much more. Please join us by subscribing to the show on Podbean at InsideTheGoblinUniverse.Podbean.com, on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and everywhere you find podcasts. It's an informative, fun, and overall entertaining good time, and uh, we'll keep the gas to ourselves. Why don't you burp next time? Somebody give me Brian Anderson. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Paratruth Radio. My name is Eric. I'm Justin. And I'm Heidi. And we are talking about curses, really everything about curses. Uh, We've covered generational curses, the curse of Pompeii, uh, various uh, elemental curses and objects object curses, just a lot of curses, which is kind of creepy, really. Because one thing that we've talked about here is the manifestation of curses. And then you have to question for those of you listening, and this is more of a forewarning, I guess, which probably should have been at the beginning of the show. Because we're talking about these curses and we're talking about how curses can manifest when somebody believes in them, could it be possible that us talking about these curses will develop more curses in people's lives for listening to the show? <laughs> I mean, that's an, I mean, yeah, you, you laugh, but it's a, it's a serious concern really when you think about it. Um, and I think there's just a few things you, that everybody has to kind of take into consideration when it comes to curses. And that I think a grand majority of it, not all of them, but a grand majority of it is thought provoked. Um, meaning that the curse only exists because you actually truly believe it exists. Uh, And that goes back to the faith, the size of a mustard seed faith in anything negative or positive. If it's enough faith, it can make it real, right? It can, it can Mm -hmm. come true. So I think it's very important that every, that you kind of stay neutral in this type of situation of curses. Um, Really depending on what it is. Now I've told the story before where my sister Back in elementary school, uh, there's this kid harassing her and she yelled at him and wished that he'd get hit by a bus. And of course, the very next morning, he wasn't at school because he was riding his bike and happened to get hit by a bus, Uh, which is weird because obviously that wasn't something thought provoked by him. He didn't simply believe he was going to get hit by a bus and happen to get hit by it. But like Heidi was saying, there might have been some type of vibrational occurrence through the words that made it manifest into a reality. Um, And so I think people have to be very, very cautious. Like when you're talking to people or when you get angry with people, it's so easy to curse people accidentally. Uh, And you have to try to remember that when you're, when you are getting in an argument or you're frustrated that you try your best to keep your cool because under the wrong circumstances, you might say something that could cause a very big problem. Uh, so I think it's very important that we're very, that we're very think oriented when, when it comes to curses and just speaking in general. No, I agree. Yeah. And also you got to wonder too, if, you know, I've had people ask me this and it's, it's an interesting concept. If you call out a curse onto somebody are you 
calling out a, a negative spirit, a, a demon, to, you know, allow them to come on to somebody. I mean, that's very possible, too. Um, a long time ago when we, like I said, when I was a new Christian, I didn't know a whole lot about all this stuff. Um, I was a very spiritual person, so I knew that aspect, but I just, I didn't have a lot of tangible evidence. Um, and so it was more of a belief. But there was one time that I, I was, um, I was, I woke up one morning, I was supposed to be going to church and I felt really sick, like just um, sick to my stomach, headache. I didn't feel like going, but it was more of a negative thing. Like I was really angry at everybody. Well, you know, you woke up on the wrong side of the bed. And so I didn't go to church. And I remember my husband coming home and he was questioning, you know, what's wrong? Why are you so crabby? And I said, I don't know. I don't want to talk about it. I was just, I wasn't myself and I could feel it, but I just, I didn't know what it was. And so he called somebody over from our church and she had said to me, you know, and it was weird because when, when she had come over, I did not want her there. Like I had instant anger. Like I would, I wanted to just like scream and just run out of the house. Just very odd. And she, she sat down and talked with me and she asked me, is there something in this house that someone gave you? I feel like you have something that's cursed in this house. And it was just really an odd question. And then we were like, no, I couldn't think of anything. And then she said, I think it, it to me, if, you know, cause she was real spiritual and she was like, it feels like it's a, you know, like a, what did she say? Like a, something to do with witchcraft or just something. And in her view, if you're Wiccan, um, you know, in, in God's eyes, you know, being witchcraft, that's what she was talking about. And then I realized I had a good friend who was Wiccan at the time and she did, she had given us this beautiful box she made. It was, and she even had it like a cross glued on it and it was for our work in spiritual warfare. And it was the only thing I could think of. And I asked her, I said, what about this? And she instantly, she said, oh my gosh, that's it or whatever. And she got rid of it. And I honestly felt like this, this wave off me. And it was weird to me because I, my friend was a wonderful lady and, and she gave me this beautiful box. I didn't think anything of it. So, I mean, I guess it would depend too on what you think is a curse and, and how it affects us individually as well. For sure. Yeah. Well, I, I've never really thought about curses, maybe because I've never felt that I am being cursed or believe in bad luck per se um but uh looking back at certain things that have been happening uh good in my life now uh i sometimes wonder like am am i trying to defeat a generational curse am i trying to do something uh to to make something bad and something good um and I never come to a final conclusion with that thought, but I think, and just as we had discussed earlier, I really do think it has to do with belief and uh, faith and energy and just kind of like what we've all talked about throughout the show. Um, can somebody just do it themselves without praying on it? In, in my personal belief, I believe it's possible. Uh, if, if you have a specific faith that you use and that helps you, I, I think that's a huge part of it. Um, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong on, on that or if you, you disagree with that. But um, that that's where my mind always goes when it comes to anything with, with negativity in it. Well, you can always combat negativity with positivity, you know? Uh, 
dark with light comes in and, and dark goes away. So, I mean, you're definitely right on that. All right. Well, yeah, I think, you know, it's good. It's uh, one of those things where it's like, um, it, it's hard for any three of us to tell somebody they're wrong in these, this type of instance, especially if what they're doing is working. Uh, and I think that's something that it, like, say if you're looking to show them salvation through Christ, you know, that that's something you have to work towards slowly. Uh, Whereas if you're just simply trying to help them combat the negativity or the curse, but they're already succeeding, um, it's a hard thing to tell them they're wrong when clearly the evidence points to the fact that they're probably right in their life. Um, And and even like there's a scripture that I think of offhand in in the Gospels. Uh, I think it's Peter who asks or one of the disciples, I'm not sure which one, um, where where they talk about they saw a couple of guys casting out a demon. Uh, he's not one of us. And Jesus said, well, if he's not against us, then he's for us or they're for us. Uh, and that means that you don't necessarily have to, we see this in, in a lot of investigations and casting out spirits. A lot of people don't actually believe in Jesus, but the demons do. And if you cast out a demon in Jesus's name, that demon in the fear of the name alone, very well may pull back and leave that is doing a work in Christ, even though, you know, you're, you're not against him or against Christianity per se, but you're still doing the work of Christ. Um, and so in this sense, it's, it's just like, if it works for you, great. But if you find that there's some point where it doesn't, well, here's a better way, you know, and maybe you should consider trying it this way. And that's all we can really do. Well, and let's let's be clear with our listeners. Um, sacrificing a baby, even if it works, is not okay. <laughs> it's really <Good> disclaimer. sad. <laughs> yes, it's actually really sad that you have to make that disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we can keep our eyes out. I just read that there's another news story out um, that there's dozens of cursed ancient Egyptian coffins and statues that have been. Oh yay! Just been dug up a dug up in um cairo the city of the dead so we'll have to watch that and see what happened <laughs> yeah i had seen that article and a, l- a lot of people are have been voicing uh their opinion yeah not in 2020 guys put them back <laughs> you know, 2020 is a curse <laughs> <laughs> well we are getting close to the end of the show. So, um, Eric, any final thoughts? Uh, no, I think I just said my final thought, really. Okay. Heidi, any final thoughts? <laughs> no, just that, you know, I, I think that this was a, a really interesting subject because we hit on all different aspects of it. And, you know, I don't know. In a way, I agree with Eric. We should probably be a little careful <laughs> with <laughs> listening to this because, you know, it can it can stir up things and you don't want to put too much energy into curses and, I don't know, start your own. Right. Well, I, I think a huge disclaimer for this is uh, do research, but don't cause it to... Uh, cause a a curse for yourself or 
kind of in general, uh, you know, we talk about a lot of different things. Um, we talk about hauntings. We talk about cryptids. We talk about aliens. Uh, do some research, but don't don't put energy and time into it and, and cause something to happen to yourself. Because uh, Eric and I have talked about it in the past. We talked about it now. Uh, you could can truly manifest something on yourself just by doing too much research, starting to believe in it, um, starting to call it out. Uh, that's why we have come to conclude that you should not be provoking if you're doing paranormal investigations. Um, you, you know, you don't have to be there when you, if you're doing a paranormal investigation, people that live there do, but um, don't take everything we, we talk about uh, literally take it with a grain of salt, do your research, but don't, don't get like, obsessed with it um so um we did forget to say last week uh since you will hear being be hearing this after thanksgiving happy thanksgiving so i hope everybody enjoyed their thanksgiving um we are looking forward to moving into december and the christmas season uh paratruth radio always loves going over the christmas stuff for sometimes paranormal sometimes just Christmas stuff. But uh Heidi, uh wanna give you a chance to find the new show as soon as it comes out and where they can reach out to you, all that good stuff. Well, starting in December, you'll be able to the hear my new podcast called The Truth Box, but I will be part of New Lantern Media. What, what? So that's pretty cool. <laughs> um And the whole show's basis is the connection between the spiritual aspects and things that are in the current news and relevant topics. So, uh, but for now, before the podcast is out, you can find me and follow me on uh, Facebook at the Truth Box V O X. All right, all right, folks, that's it for this week. Uh, stay tuned for next week, where, like I said, moving into the Christmas season. So, I hope you guys are enjoying it i hope you didn't kill each other over black friday and are still listening to our show but until next week folks where you'll find us same time same channel my name is justin i'm eric and i'm heidi peace This is Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. I'm Andrew Pryor, and every week I bring you the wonderful and fabulous people involved in French food, whether they're here in France like me or from around the world. Each week, we dive into a specific topic 
be it a French dish, an ingredient, or a French cuisine cooking technique. My guests are all about French food. So come join me on Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. Bon app.